This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons by Rev. Adam Moline of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. Our text for today is the Old Testament lesson appointed, especially these words. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Thus far, our text. Are you glad to be here this morning? How glad? Are you excited? Are you as glad as this? This last week, May 8th, was the anniversary of VE Day, the day that Nazi Germany formally surrendered to the Allied forces. Victory in Europe. The war was over, at least in that part, and not long after came VJ Day, victory in Japan. World War II was won. And what did that mean? You've seen the pictures, right? Parades in the biggest cities, confetti falling from the sky by the ton. Go home and look at the pictures from V.E. and V.J. Day. Every single person has a smile on their face from ear to ear. Maybe you even recall the famous photo of the sailor giving a big old kiss to the nurse in Times Square. While everyone looks on, smiling. They were glad... They were excited. The victory had been won. Are you glad? Or maybe you've seen the video of Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins. And all the parades, dozens and dozens of them, after they returned from landing on the moon in 1969. The three of them sitting in the back of a convertible, elevated, just those three people received countless parades full of confetti and joy. People were glad that we had beat the Russians to the moon. People were glad that we had displayed our technological superiority. Maybe you remember this. In 1994, 1995, and 1997, when the Nebraska Cornhuskers won the national championship, Did you go to the Bob Devaney Sports Complex for their return from the Orange Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl? Were people glad 
Were people smiling? Were people happy to celebrate that victory on the gridiron? Are you glad? Are you excited? I mean, here, right now, we celebrate another great victory. In fact, we celebrate that victory every single week. Christ has been raised from the dead. Death has been conquered and destroyed. Even should we die, yet shall we live. We will live not just a temporary life, but life to the full, eternal life, world without end, forever and ever. Amen. And that life shall be in a new world where there is no sin or sickness or struggle or difficulty. That's God's promise to you and to me through the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's good news. So are you glad? Are you excited? Are you rejoicing? Do you embody the words of our Old Testament lesson that says, Give thanks to the Lord. Do you sing praises to the Lord for he has done gloriously? Do you shout and sing for joy since after all Jesus has defeated your death? He's destroyed the power of devil in your life and you get to partake in his glory. He's in your midst right here in church. Woohoo, right? What could be more exciting? What could be more life-changing than Jesus' victory? What event could have more implications for your life than what Jesus has done for you? I hate to tell you this, Cornhusker fans, Jesus rising from the dead is more exciting than winning a national championship. More exciting than landing on the moon. It's more exciting than the end of World War II because it's the end of the biggest war of all. The war in which every single human being except for one has died. We should be glad, shouldn't we? We should in fact, be more excited about church and Jesus than Buddy the Elf is for Santa. And it ought to be reflected in all the things we do here. But unfortunately, at least when it comes to church, we have more malaise than joy. We're much more demure than excited. 
oftentimes we live as if we don't have any gladness or joy about what Jesus has done at all. Often when we come to church, it's not like going to a ticker tape parade with confetti. It's more like going to the dentist to give cavity filled. Something that you have to do, but you just don't like it. I think it's that way because oftentimes we forget how amazing what has happened is. We don't seem to get excited about church, about being with God, about receiving His glorious gifts in baptism and the Lord's Supper. So often we're just nonchalant, going through the motions, like what happens here is a big old nothing burger that doesn't matter at all. Take a look at your own life. Think about just a little while ago when your alarm clock went off this morning. Did you hop up and say, yes, I get to go to church today? Or was it more of a groan as you rolled over and hit the snooze button? Are you glad to come to church? Or do you dread it? Are you sitting in the pew enraptured? Or are you peeking at your watch to see how long the sermon will last? Sometimes, do you just decide not to come at all? To sleep through what's happening? After all, I can watch a rerun on YouTube later. As if that was the same thing. If you were given the choice between coming to church or watching your favorite sports team win the championship, which would you pick? Which one seems more important? I mean, can't you just go to church again next week? Won't we really just do the same thing all over again? Why does it matter? Who cares? No big deal. Are you frustrated because the hour or two you spend at church on a Sunday just delays the rest of your to-do list when you get home? Church, it's just boring. Repetitive. Is that what you think? Is that how you act? Is that what you feel? I know I have. My freshman year of college, I went for the entire first semester to Bedside Baptist Church. That means I slept in on Sundays. After all, I could go when I was older. I could go when I was closer to dying. There'd always be a chance for church later. And I'd check it off my to-do list then. 
I justified it in all sorts of ways. I have homework. I was up late last night. It's a long drive. Where's the problem lie with that? Is the problem church? Is the problem God? Is the problem the way He chooses to work? No. The problem is here. In our hearts. All of the things that I've talked about, all of the things that I've said, all the way that we have acted are not actually reflections on who God is or what God has done. They're reflections on our sin. It's our sin that causes us to not really understand how amazing what God has done is. It's our sin that causes us to be excited about the passing things of the world more than the eternal word of God. It's our sin that brings this deadly effect into our lives and causes us to forget that we're dying. And the world is dying, too. There will not be championship games forever. There will not be celebrations about trivial things like landing on the moon forever. This world will come to its end. And what then? What will you wish you had been glad about? We sin. We sin much. Our sin obscures the glory of what God has done. Jesus died and rose. So repent. What's the first step to being glad about church? What's the first step to feel joy about Jesus? Repent. Repent of your sin. Turn from it. And look to Christ. Repent of forgetting how much God loves you. Repent of thinking of church as an item on your to-do list rather than you get-to-do-it list. Repent of lessening the victory of Jesus' resurrection in your own life.
Repent of the sin of malaise within yourself. Hear one more time what has happened. All of your sin, every last bit of it, even your sin of indifference about God, Jesus has taken unto himself. You deserve to die. He went and did it for you. He bore your sin to the cross. He shed his blood for it. He conquered it by his own death and glorious resurrection. And he did it for you. Now, because he's done that, you don't have to spend forever in the torturous fires of hell, but instead in the eternal joy of the unending heaven of God. Your flesh won't decay forever in the ground. It will be raised. It will live. World without end in complete and perfect love. In the presence of Jesus himself. He won the biggest battle ever. So that you could live with God. Forever and ever and ever, all because Christ lives. You will have peace with God because Christ lives. Your sins are forgiven because Christ lives. You share in the victory of God, in the victory of Jesus. How awesome is that? So let that well up within you. Be glad to come to church. I mean, we don't need to stand up and wave our arms around in an outward show of excitement, but you can still be glad to be here in a very Lutheran way, right? Be glad that you're here because this is the place where heaven comes to earth. Be glad because you're in the presence of God. Treat coming here more like going to get an ice cream cone than going to the dentist. Invite your friends like you would invite them to a fun party. And while you're here, do what Isaiah says. Shout the words of the liturgy of heaven. Sing praises to God who has done gloriously by saving you. Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Because God the Lord is your strength and your song, and he has earned your salvation. It doesn't mean coming here and acting like a drunken fool, dancing around the aisles. We can be glad all the same. Dear Christian, you will not save yourself just by being glad to be at church. In fact, it's the exact opposite way around. We are glad to be at church 
because Christ has saved us. And the victory of Jesus is the ultimate victory. Victory more worthy of celebration than anything else in this world. Why? Because Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. This has been With Intrepid Hearts Sermons by Pastor Adam Moline. The words, With Intrepid Hearts, come from the conclusion to the Book of Concord where it is written, By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it.